Ahoy everybody! Thank you for tuning in to Airborne Entrepreneur. Hi everyone, it's Alex from Mentoring Effect and uh, I have with me a very special guest and it's Mike Wegner from uh, USA Colorado. Hey Mike, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, how are you? I'm very well. What's the time at color in Colorado? All right, now it's about uh, seven minutes after six in the evening here. Oh, great. Yeah, we have fresh morning <laughs> here in Australia. Well, good, mor- good morning to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I invited you because your, um, your email was a, a really amazing and uh, I would love to share your story with people um, because I think you have a lot of interesting things that you were or you overcome and you were going through your life and uh, if you can give us just short overview how did you become what you are now and uh, yeah just (laughs) something about you yeah sure absolutely I was actually born in Colorado born in Denver Um, my father we moved four times before I graduated our high school here in the U.S. I lived in Colorado for four years, which I don't remember much of because I was small. And then we moved to upstate New York, a town called Binghamton, which is not in the city. It's in the upper part of the state. Lived there for a couple of years. I did most of my growing in New Jersey uh, near a little town called New Brunswick, which is not too far from Manhattan, New York. And then when I was 16, we moved to South Florida in between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. And that's where I completed high school. And then when I completed high school, I went directly into the United States Air Force. I served as an air traffic controller for 21 years and a couple of months. And along the way, I got my, uh, my bachelor's degree and that while I was active duty. And I've done a, a bunch of things <laughs> since then. In fact, it's been 20 years and some change since I actually left the Air Force. So I've uh, bounced quite a bit. Uh, I spent significant time in... 41 of our U.S. states out of 50, and I've been to 18 foreign countries and actually lived in Germany for a while in the Air Force, and yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride, very interesting ride. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, uh, the father of eight children. I have three, or three daughters and five sons, and I have uh, four grandchildren, two of each. Oh, so. Huge family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's, amazing. It, 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 it was fun when there were 10 of us in the house, yeah, when they were growing <laughs> up. So, yeah. I can imagine, yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing because you travel a lot and you probably moved a lot and you, you experience different cultures, I guess, and different places. Um, is there anything, like, uh, probably significant that you would like to share with us from your traveling journey or moving around journey? <laughs> Well, one of the uh, one of the most interesting places I ever went to was Saudi Arabia. I actually got to spend uh, 93 days and about four and a half hours there when I was in the military. Um, <laughs> and that what was interesting and, and fascinating to me about the culture in Saudi Arabia is their culture and the Muslim religion are the same. It's the only place I've been to where they 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 were fully integrated into their religion. And I arrived in the middle of the night and I was just laying down to get a few hours of sleep when I heard the, the morning call to prayer. Yeah. And I had never heard that because they play it over loudspeakers. Yeah. But I was very curious because I'd never been, a, um, I, I knew a little bit of what Islam was, but I, very, very high level. 
and so I had some of the people I worked I worked with the Saudi Arabians, and they actually gave me some education on to, on to how their culture operated, and you know all about the multiple marriages and their spirit of hospitality. And it was uh, it was very eye opening. I learned you know I gained an appreciation for the way that they live, and you know it's very much different than the American culture that I was brought up yeah. and raised in. So. Yeah, I, it's actually very interesting because when I moved to Thailand, that was the same thing. Because when you work in a kind of similar environment, like when you're working in Europe in different countries, it's almost like the same. But when you are moving to different culture, that's that's shocking. It's it's always eye-opening, have you said. It's uh it's yeah. amazing how like we feel inside that we grow. Like it's just it's just so much learning, and um, yeah, that's that's very interesting. And I think you mentioned that you were in uh, Africa as well. It was uh, during your military journey, or it was after? No, it was after. I actually was there in uh, 2013. I I worked for Anadarko Petroleum Company. They were developing a natural gas field of natural gas that they had found off the coast of Mozambique, Africa, in between Mozambique and Madagascar. And that was a that was also a very, really rich experience because at the time they were the third poorest country in the world. Their average per capita income per family per year was roughly 650 US dollars. Oh, um, and so I actually got to see, you know, some what first world countries they would they would call it abject poverty but the interesting part for me about my experiences there and I'm going to relate a story to you there was a gentleman who I got to know because um, I was working as a technical writer and so I had to interview all of the people department heads and all and most of them were were from Mozambique and they were actually operating on their fourth language they had their their tribal language, they have their village language, then they have the, the, the country language of Portuguese, and then they had learned English. And so I was looking to go find some, some gifts for some of my family before I went home. And I was talking to one of these gentlemen, he says, well, what are you doing on Saturday? And I was on a seven day a week work schedule. And so I told him, I can probably break, break away. And he says, can you leave around 10 o'clock? And, and I said, yeah. And he says, I will pick you up at the main gate. And so he pulled up in his own car and he, and he took me around to three shops. Two of them were owned by cousins of his. And he just went out of his way to help me because we weren't allowed to drive on our own. But, and, but he just showed, he actually went and negotiated prices. I couldn't understand what he was saying because he was talking in his yeah. <laughs> language. But the, the thing that was most interesting to me about that, their culture is they were by and large very, very happy. They were, seemed to be always smiling. Even the people that were walking down the road with a bundle of branches on top of their head. Yeah. And, and they, just had, they just had a very, very wonderful outlook on life. So it was a neat, neat place to, to visit. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned Africa because I, I was always thinking to have some children in Africa because I know there's a lot of poor, very poor places. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a lady that just connected me recently. Uh, she connected me through Instagram that I'm not even using that much. Um, and uh, she sent me some pictures and we talk and we sending to each other videos. And um, 
and I see this, it, those kids just living, you know, on the ground and, uh, and really like just the same clothes, just clothes, they sleep in the same clothes, they, they walk, they do stuff in the same clothes and they don't have anything. And um, yeah, she's only one she's taking care of. Often she has like a phone, that's all basically what, what probably wow. she, she can communicate with the world. And uh, they, they had like a, I think they were doing, I asked her what, what they were doing yesterday. And they said like, we just walk for the water because the water mm-hmm. is far away. And I spoke with my nephew because it's very interesting how, you know, kids now they want to have uh, another laptop, another phone. And, and it's, it's just all about really, it's very material world. And uh, it was amazing. I showed him pictures and I said, look, this is what they have. And we should rather help them to do something nice, like to think about another phone or you know another new thing and uh he was actually it was really nice because he's just 11 years old and he was like yeah that's probably true like and i was so silly because i was thinking about my second laptop and (laughs) and he actually said that and i was amazed because we don't see that and uh, nobody's you know showing that to kids and and nobody's actually growing or raising the kids with that kind of knowledge that not everyone is the same you know and and there is a lot of differences in the world and i think that's amazing and and i hope yeah my mission will be probably sometimes and maybe ending up there (laughs) and helping them but yeah yeah, it's it's a long journey and i'm really happy that you have experience and and you shared the experience from africa with us If if i might if i might one of the um one of the most vivid images that i will take back and forever know I was riding in a four-wheel drive vehicle and what they, the company had done is they had hired locals to widen footpaths and turn them into roads. And this road footpath that they were expanding was only accessible by four-wheel drive vehicle because the sand was very soft. And we had gone and done a tour of some of the camps where they were getting ready to build the uh, natural gas plant. And on our way out, there were these two ladies standing on the side of the road and one of them had a little bundle of cloth on top of her head because they carry everything on top of their yes, head. Yeah. And the one standing next to her had a pair of rubber flip-flops on her head. And it struck me as odd because you, I would think you would be wearing them on your feet. And then it occurred to me, well, that was probably a luxury for her because she was walking in soft sand, so she didn't need them. And she was probably waiting to put them on when she got onto the hard pack road. And I was living in Houston at the time and I went home not long after that and there were there was a group of ladies at the church I attended and they were just they were just complaining about their pedicures and how terrible their pedicures were. And so I related this story to them about the lady with the pair of flip-flops and they just yeah. kind of they didn't complain too much about their pedicures after that. It was <laughs> but the it's- the key for me about traveling and, and you're well-traveled as well. You told me that you've lived in several countries is that you get a perspective on outside of where you were grown yeah. and outside of where you were born. And it just, I believe it, it's more of a education than somebody that has stayed within like a 20 mile radius or where they live or, or that, even just stayed inside of America. Yeah, as, definitely. As I absolutely agree because I can see uh, their families and I can see even part of my family. They're traveling always to countries, you know, just, just to go for touristic experience, like, like just as a tourist, like the same hotel, you know, four or five star hotel. And it's the same thing. It's just the pool and, and the building and the beach and basically mm-hmm. people from a neighborhood going together. But the real traveling, I said, like kids, they need to really experience that because 
that's like real walking, you know, around the street in even in Thailand, in Bali or, or anywhere in, in poorest countries. It, it's just so different. And I think people, people should experience that exactly just to really make them think out of the box, I would say, because we are all boxed, you know, and we just see the thing that is in front of us. But anyway, I, I'm really interested, uh, interested into like you were 21 years in um, military. How or what was the decision that why you left and uh, what was the next like how did you come, came out with you know like next plan or next job or well it um in in the u.s military after you serve for 20 years you're actually eligible to retire and retirement they say that in quotes um because okay. you get a you get a pension which is at the time if you serve for 20 years it's half of what your base pay is and that's that's not enough for most people, I mean, a lot of a lot of the officers and some of the senior enlisted people actually serve for 30 years or longer, and yeah. they do truly retire. But I, I had reached a crossroads in my life. I was actually coming out of my first marriage, which was kind of heart, heartbreaking for me. And I just got a very strong impression that it was time for me to, uh, to go out into the the world and kind of, I call it graduating from the Air Force because I graduated from high school, went in the Air Force, and then I graduated from the Air Force. And okay, now that I've graduated from the Air Force, what do I do? <laughs> and I was actually very fortunate. I, I, I got a job working in software development, doing work on air traffic control systems. And I did that for many different places. I actually traveled and did site support at some of the air traffic control facilities, as well as doing the software development in a yeah. lab and things of that nature. So that took me around. I actually went to five different, they call them air traffic control centers or in route air traffic control centers here. And they're the ones that control the jets that are very high up in the air that are crossing yeah. across the top of everything. So and the interesting part about that was, is every place that I went, I actually reconnected with people that I had worked with while I was in the Air Force that had left the Air Force earlier and became air traffic controllers. So it's kind of like, this is really a small world. Um, <laughs> but that was another good way to, to see more of America. And I actually ended up back here in Colorado for a while. Yeah. And so that yeah. was kind of nice. That means that it was kind of... Uh... Uh, I would say a little bit similar role, or it was kind of continue continuing in a, in the same thing. But what was the like? Because you said you are very uh, passionate about entrepreneurship, oh, and yeah. and that's something that I'm I'm just really waiting. Where is that you know yeah. point that you said okay, it's enough, and and I just want to get out of well, this. <laughs> well, all along my career in the Air Force, because they don't pay you very much. At least they didn't when I was in as an enlisted person, I was always looking for, if the common term in her, here in America is called a side hustle. I was looking yeah. for something I could do part-time that wasn't a, like a second job. And I did work some second jobs, but I was looking for to start a business where I could earn money from home. Yeah. And I, I had, you know, middling to some medium success with those. And my idea was always to be able to leave the Air Force and work these businesses on my own. But I look back at that now as entrepreneurship training because I learned the value of reading good books. I learned the value of who you associate with is very, yes. very important. Yeah. I learned the value of mentorship. I, I have 
I have two or three mentors that I had met in these businesses and one I still keep in touch with. Um, he's, he's a very, very successful, he's actually a medical doctor. He's got seven degrees and he still treats people, but he doesn't have a medical practice. In fact, he told me that he actually treats more people now than he did when he had his medical practice, which is interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that he always, in fact, I smile because he says, Mike, wear a smile and wear it out. And that's one of those little, and see, it worked on you too. You smiled as well. So that's, but he's, he's a very wise guy and he's got a lot of education. He's very, very intelligent. And in fact, we used his nickname for the group that I was in with him was Webster because he always came up with these really big words. And what exactly does that mean? You know, <laughs> but that, that was, yep. um, like I said, the value of mentorship and the value of, um, I've, I've, you know, one of my mentors right now is a gentleman by the name of Bob Proctor. And some people know him, some people don't. He was actually in the movie, The Secret, if anybody is familiar with that reference. Yeah. And he, um, I learned the from him and I went through a coaching program through his company. And most of it was done by him and some other people that he's, he associates with. But the value that I learned from him and the habit that I created or adopted from him is I do personal development study every single day. Yeah. That's and, important. I, yeah. Seven I, days a week. And it's all, it's all about mindset. Yeah. Um, I've done digital marketing. And one of the stories that I heard is this gentleman was learning digital marketing. He's placing ads and he's getting very little to no results. And he goes to a seminar and he actually met his mentor for the first time. And he got very angry at this man because I'm doing everything you told me and I'm not getting the results I need. And his mentor is just kind of, he's just calmly waiting for him to finish his tirade. And he just looked at him and he said, your, your mindset is terrible, man. You need to shift your mindset. <laughs> I said, so true. I'm, I'm actually so, happy. Yeah. You said that the mentors and actually coaches are very important because some people still don't understand why we are right. all here. And I think it's very important. Sorry, I just stopped you to. No, 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 no problem. So the net result, he went to this three-day seminar and he actually spent time with his mentor and he listened more than he talked. And he, before he had left, he had an ad that was not doing well and he had, he had taken it off and, and turned it off. And when he went back home with a shift of mindset from, I need to earn money now to, I just want to serve people and see how many people I can serve because what I'm offering them is something that's really going to benefit them. Yeah. He turned that same ad, no changes at all, same audience, same target, same parameters. He turned that back on and he had his first $10,000 a month because he had changed his mindset. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so. just talk to audience different way. And, and also people can feel it even if it's through online digital marketing, I'm saying exactly people can, right. can feel it where you're coming from. But that was my question as well, because you mentioned that um, you started or you started to work with mentors, but first maybe what I noticed when you said that you came from employment to entrepreneurship, that was more, like you just wanted to be all side hustle because there was not enough money that I guess that first motivation was about money because sure. we all have that. But when that, you know, like, like a point of breakdown came, like, like when you actually realized that it's, it's not about money, but you're really passionate about something. That actually pretty much coincided with me starting digital marketing. 
because okay. the the training company that I became affiliated with and learned how to do digital marketing through, they have what's called the five pillars. And it's all about mindset. It's uh, good audio, good um, video, good, you know, masterminding, good, good books, things of that nature. And they also talk about consistency and marketing every single day and things of that nature. And so that is where I learned that how and that and through the program that I, the Bob Proctor program that I went through, just it's your mind is very, very powerful. It's basically limitless. And the yeah. wonderful thing about everybody is that everybody that's listening to this or watching this, you have perfection inside of you. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, this, that's really nice or uh, well said because I, I exactly believe that I'm actually reading the book um, Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill because that's I, I guess it's a second time I'm, I'm always coming back and I'm always coming back uh, through the chapters because it's a very different book it's giving you some tools and it's exactly about the mind and I can see the difference because I I, I had two businesses uh, basically this year. I, I still have, but uh, because of the events, they were all canceled. That just basically uh, went to the zero. That means mm -hmm. our ma major income from events is gone. But uh, my mentoring effect is, is kind of, that was my side hustle first because I really enjoyed it. And I, was, I just wanted to do it as a hobby or maybe just, you know, I play around. But exactly when I changed the mindset and I realized actually I can help people because everybody would try my course or, or tried some work with me they actually had really different results and, and huge results, like really positive results. And I was thinking like, why I'm actually just, why I'm just playing. And, and I was reading the book and I, again, and I was like, I actually, I can do a lot. Like it's just about mindset because I was still putting that as a, you know, side hustle. And uh, it's interesting how mind is working even with, um, with the energy. I guess you had also different energies when you came or when you were employed. Oh, and okay. after that, when you, when you started to work for yourself, I just, I'm still, I would like to ask about the, the real passion about the, like what in digital marketing or what actually is really passionate, um, what you are passionate about, sorry, in, uh, in your digital marketing, what do you do? Well, I did, I'm primarily doing social media marketing and I've actually started reaching out to business owners to, to serve them. Um, I've learned how to do some pretty decent copywriting. At least that's what my peers tell me when they read my stuff before I send it out. Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, and I've, I want to read that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had, uh, I, I've had a, my last career was actually as a technical writer. And technical writing is kind of like work. And creative writing is kind of like fun. <laughs> so yeah I can fact, I can hear that <laughs> yeah when I when I started learning how to copyright I was you know I had a mentor who was teaching me how to write and he said you need to dumb down your language you're a really good writer but all of these three and four syllable words just aren't gonna fly and so he actually he actually gave me a compliment and then he said this is you know until you get down to where you know one of your grandchildren can read this and understand oh, it, that's amazing. That's where you need to be. And that's the same way in verbal communication. I mean, we all have a vocabulary, a common vocabulary of about 200 words and that's it. Yeah. And same, same in conversation. I mean, 
if you're speaking at a level that's above your audience and that's the other important thing is you have it's to know your so audience. important yeah I, I that's actually what i'm like i'm trying to run some live events around that like the signature talk and your marketing message and mm -hmm. and people really struggle that actually that's actually biggest struggle i would say uh when people talk their language <laughs> and i always try to point it out like i don't understand what you're talking about mm -hmm. try to speak with me like talk to me the way that I'm your child or, or I'm really like that woman, you know, like 30 or 25 years old woman that actually doesn't have any idea about marketing. Like, I, I don't mm -hmm. even know what the word digital marketing means. You, you know, like I've tried to really push them that hard, like that away, like, like really go out of your box of, of marketing or branding or other different um, industries. Cause I said, people can't understand because your language is already on top or is somewhere else because you learn mm -hmm. a lot, you study, and probably you as well, you have a lot of mentors, you have, you have a lot of experience that probably mm -hmm. when you start to speak with your language or technical language, or when you're writing, that has to be something like I wouldn't understand probably. Well, I, I yeah. help, help translate what the mechanical and electrical engineers write to something that <laughs> non-engineers can actually read and understand. So that's one of the fun parts of my job is yeah. I actually get to, you know, do some changing and things of that yeah. nature, but it's, uh, it, the main, you know, the main, the main thing that I've learned, and I know this to be true because I've exercised it. If you want to be the best, whatever your pursuit is, entrepreneurship, whatever type of business you're looking for, be it a, like a brick and mortar flower shop or a bakery, or if you're wanting to do something digitally, find somebody that has done what you, you aspire to do and plug in and learn from them. That's straight out of the Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins playbook, yeah. by the way. Um, but but it is, it's yeah. absolutely true. It's absolutely true. You can, you can accelerate your learning yeah. by, by learning f directly from somebody. Yeah. And so what I found that works really well, because I've done this, is I just go up to people that, that I admire from a, a point of view of service. How, what can I do to help you? How can I serve you? And, you know, they'll kind of, some, some will kind of like, oh, I don't really need your help and all. And I said, well, you know, if you'd like me to do, you know, you have, you actually have to bring some value into the equation. Yes. You know, like, you know, if you would like me to write some copy for you, or if you would like me to review what your copywriter's doing or what you're writing, or, you know, whatever you have that you're very skilled at, you can actually add value to somebody who's very, very busy. Maybe they don't want to write their own copy anymore. Yeah. And if you are adding value by saying, you know, I will do this for you, you know, for free and, you know, just kind of help you out. And if it proves to be a value, then they will, oftentimes they will say, well, you know, I'd like to see if you can do this for me and something else or something else. So it's, it's a progression, but you have to come in with not expecting anything, any type of a payment in return, because what you're looking for or what you're asking for is their knowledge imparted to you. Yeah. No, this is amazing. I absolutely agree. Also, when, when I have clients, I'm always, always asking them to find the groups, find people that are doing the same thing or find your, your actually audience where they are at because there's so many opportunities on social media. And I said, ask them questions, check what they need, just to be sure that you know what actually value, what they need, what they need from mm -hmm. you, how you can actually help them in general. 
because it's uh, after that is so easy to think about marketing copy and you know like all that messaging and and actually even services you can change service or product if you know what people actually need and yeah i think that's very important and like you said at the beginning just listening more listening than talking i think that's that's very important uh when you think about uh, like i know you you said you had mentors and coaches and you had you read a lot of books what else is helping you to be successful do you have any habits that you can share with us or kind of routine well, one of the things that i found i actually do a seminar on this by the way cool. um, i i talked to the the title of this the seminar is your morning routine nice and it is you know foundation for your success and this is one of the things i've i've read biographies i've listened to a lot of podcasts and every person that has achieved any amount of success starts their day off with a very, very structured morning routine. Yes, I agree. And, Absolutely. <laughs> and my morning routine, some people, you know, I, I've outlined this for several people. I outlined this in my seminar and mine is about a two to two and a half hour process. And the people just kind of, they shake their heads. Some of them go, man, you're crazy. <laughs> no, I don't think you're crazy. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the motivators for me to, for me doing this, was this is something that I've learned. I've added pieces and I interchange some in and out, you know, to get where I am. But I have a, a very good friend of mine. I'm an avid cyclist. I rode 72 miles on my bicycle yesterday. But um, one of my cycling partners, she happens to be a lady and her idea of a morning routine is she hits the snooze button three or four times and gets up in just enough time to throw some clothes on, wash her face, put her hair back before she has to plug into her first meeting. And she talks about running around all day long. And I'm just listening to this going, well, so well, you, you're starting your morning with stress because every time the alarm goes off, that's a stressor. And you're doing this three or four times. So you're getting the, you know, dose of all this stuff. And then you, you wonder why you feel so stressed at the end of your day. You're starting your day stressed out. Yes. So, you know, it's a, for me, it's, it is mindset and it's also getting your physical body moving and yeah. a combination of a bunch of different things. And, you know, I've taken some lessons that I've learned from, from specific people and the way that the best advice that I've heard, because they talk about changing habits. And if somebody is like, Oh, I can't get up early in the morning. Well, the, the, the best Goodbye. piece of advice I heard, about that is let's just say you get up, you're rising at eight o'clock in the morning and that's what time you get up. Well, you set your alarm for seven, seven forty-five, and you wake up 15 minutes earlier and you do that for a week. And the next week or the next week you would set it for seven thirty, and that way you're gradually getting your body used to waking up. My body clock is so so well set. I'm awake between four and four thirty in the morning, whether I want to be or not. Yeah, <laughs> I have five. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it doesn't matter if you, whoa, if you went to bed at two a.m. Yeah, I've, I've done that, and I'm like already. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's uh, one of the things that I just started doing, which I find really beneficial. I call it a gratitude walk, and. I get up first thing in the morning, you know, get dressed. I, I read a series of affirmations and read my goals. And then I go out the door 
and I go for about a 15 minute walk. And first thing it does, it gets me out. And lately it's been pretty cool here in Colorado. So you immediately get a blast of cold air and that wakes you up. Yeah. It's cold here beautiful. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but it's, it's equal parts of doing uh, auto suggestion, which you know from Think and Grow Rich. And that's essentially just repeating your goal yeah. over and over again and telling your subconscious mind, this is what I want to do because this is who I am. Yeah. And it's also gratitude. You're, you're being grateful for what you have. And then several, you know, really simple affirmations. My, my favorite one during this walk is every day in every way, I am becoming more and more successful. And that, that is something that you can repeat as often as you want to throughout the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're very important techniques. Cause I, I, I struggled last three years because we were going through IVF and all this, like a, like a personal journey it was really hard to keep going in businesses and, and still, you know, do uh, studies and a lot of other work of other work. And, and I, sometimes I just really couldn't, couldn't wake up and I was very down. Like, like, you know, like it's, it's kind of natural with hormones and changing your body's changing, your mindset is changing with hormones. And, and I, that was like first time in my life, I just felt like, like I'm, I'm nothing like really that self-confidence went down and mm. I didn't have problem in my life. And when this is coming in your forties, you are like, Hmm, something is wrong. Maybe it's coming with age. I don't know. And I, I read a lot about even like a, like a changing your posture and just do like a two, three minutes or five minutes walk and, and think about when was the time you felt so confident and great about yourself and just walking and feeling that and just go into that moment. That means anytime when I felt really down, I just went to that moment when I felt actually really great about my work, about myself. It was a really good moment in my life. I always went there and actually I, I really felt that. That was so funny how that vibration and energy it was actually going through my body and I felt so good and it changed. Like I, I was really sitting and I was actually feeling more confident. And I think it's so important to, like you said, affirmations or gratefulness or all, all that things. It's, it's kind of exercise of a mind and our mindset for a day. And it's changing the, the energy and vibration in our body as well. And I guess that's most important for success because I didn't really see anyone very successful running around like crazy and, you know, like, like probably, probably they have some money, but I don't know, you know, what success really mean. I don't think it's all about money. I think it's more about really be free and be happy, but what, actually what success means for you, I, I, I would be, I would like to know. Well, one of my favorite movies is a movie called Cool Runnings. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Uh, it's about the Jamaican bobsled team in the oh. Calgary Olympics and John Candy plays their coach. And so anyway, the, I they named, I know what you're talking about yet. <laughs> they named their sled cool runnings. <laughs> and what that phrase means in Jamaica is peace for the journey. And so success for me is helping as many people as you can have peace for the journey. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's the, one of the things that I've learned not that long ago is the purpose of goals. The purpose of goals is not necessarily to achieve what you set out to achieve. It is the person that you become along the way of achieving that goal. Yeah. 
it's it's more about journey like to mm -hmm. that final destination that's what i'm trying to talk to people always about because mm -hmm. it's so important to enjoy the journey because yes. it's not going to happen because people people think they can become successful or they can have one million or two million dollars two million dollars in uh, two months it's just kind of not possible it's it's probably possible when you have different businesses but we're talking about small and medium-sized businesses and it's quite hard to jump that big step you know from making zero <laughs> to making five hundred thousand a month i mean that's why i'm always trying to say people just just enjoy the journey because it's step-by-step -step process mm -hmm. and you also need to evolve and be prepared for that money as well because some people don't understand there is if they will have that money on account they are still same they will probably spend them and they will probably don't do the right thing with them and mm -hmm. it's it's just so many things in inside of that journey i guess what we learn that uh, yeah i absolutely agree uh let's say something for the end um do you have any book recommendation or something at the end what you would like to tell the audience yeah i absolutely do um and this comes from an interview that uh, of bob proctor in in a magazine several years ago and he was actually one of the questions in this interview was so bob proctor you read you say you read a lot what are your top three books and he he's got a library of somewhere between three thousand five hundred four thousand books it's a pretty famous library um and he actually called out the one that you're reading right now think and grow rich um i actually am reading it through myself i did a lot of study like okay your your assignment for this month is to read the, the chapter on persistence every day for 30 days. And each one of these chapters has got valuable lessons in it, so it can stand on its own. But that's that's one of them. But the one that, that I found is probably the most profound. It's kind of like, the, there's a phrase called, it's the biggest bang for your buck, if you will. It is a book entitled U Squared. It's like Y-O-U with two, the exponent. And it's about quantum leaps or having very, very big success and not necessarily following a logical pattern to get there. But this is written by a gentleman by the name of Price Pritchett. And it is a grand total of 35 pages long. But it is, it is so good and so deep. It's one of these where you can read a chapter and then you can just pause and Every time you reread the same chapter, it's kind of like the chapters in Think and Grow Rich. You read them yeah. multiple times and you will get more out of them every time you read them. But this one, the reason why it really resonates with me, for one, like I said, it's a very quick read if you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, it's one of these, it's very, very, you know, seemingly thin, but it's also very, very deep. And the other one that kind of goes along with this is As a Man Thinketh. It was written in 1903 by the gentleman by the name of James Allen. And this is also a very, it's not a very thick book either, but it actually teaches you, if you pay attention and you study it, it will teach you how to think. Yeah, that's great. And it's, I think it's all about monitoring your thoughts and what you allow to enter your subconscious mind and what you keep away yeah. from your subconscious mind this is this will be actually great for because my one of my courses uh, first courses is quantum leap 
not funny oh. that you say that <laughs> and nice. uh, that will be probably something i will ask you to share the name of the books and i'll write it down because it's um uh, it's probably something that can help me to maybe a little bit grow that um that program as well and actually sure. it's more about learning more because it's based exactly on that on uh, your thoughts how you can change your thoughts and it's all about resistance like when you're working or, or living your life in resistance it's really hard you know to achieve something and we are in the negative thoughts and um, this is all just kind of go out from there and just coming from love come, can always come from love and compassion and uh, i think that's uh, it's a huge change for a lot of people i can see it's just it's different you know it, it's changing your relationships it's changing your relationship with family right. with partner mm -hmm. your work yeah, it's uh, that's a, another huge conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. the the op the opening story in this book is really brief. So, uh, Price Pritchett is in a hotel room, and the doors open, and he's just doing some studying, and he hears a fly, and the fly is is trying to get outside by flying through a pane of glass in the window. And he's trying harder and harder and harder, and he's encountering all this resistance where if he just moved five feet to the right, he could have flown out the, the door because the door was open. And the point of the story is it's not about increasing your amount of effort or force or trying to force things. It's all about letting things come and I, I read an analogy and I, I use it, it's, it's along the same lines, and it's the comparison between a stream and a river. A stream starts very, up, very high, there's very little water, and the stream flows around the rocks, around the logs, around whatever obstacles in the way of the water, because it seeks the path of least resistance. And once enough streams get together and become into this river, then the river just flows right over all of these obstacles because it's got sufficient water. And so the point behind this is don't beat, you don't try and knock down obstacles, figure out a way to go either over, over them or around them. And your journey will be a lot better if you just seek and find the way around the obstacles. Yeah. Exactly, because there's a lot of people that overcome same things, and and we know in 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 the, I would say in that kind of journey, you know, when you started, start starting with nothing, and you want to become entrepreneur, and you really enjoy that, I guess there's million people that have same experience, and they are already higher and they're better. Why to don't ask them? And that's that's what I'm always saying. Just just really seek the the knowledge and and exactly some advice. And uh, yeah, that's really well said. I, I really like that. Even when you think about the fly, you know, it's just really mm -hmm. use the brain and, and come from ease. Just take it easy. Just don't try to push over everything. If it's not going, probably there is another way, I guess. Because uh -huh. when you're pushing so hard, I always say like, if something is wrong, because when mm -hmm. you have your journey, it should be a little bit easier because you know, there are just obstacles and things that you need to overcome, but it shouldn't be like to really try to push through the, through the glass that you know, you never will go through. Yeah. I just learned a term a couple of days ago from a gentleman. We were both, both working as air traffic controllers in the air force and he's become an author. He's actually um, has a couple of books, personal development, personal development books that are published and he calls his ideal, you know, the way that he wants to live his life, his happy path. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, he, um, we connect periodically and, you know, he just happened to see my event for the seminar that I did on Saturday and he made a comment underneath. And so the one thing that, um, that I've learned that will help you avoid these obstacles is you have to pay attention to your intuition. Yes. Your intuition is extremely powerful. And I actually put this to the test one time because I was learning about the mental faculties and they said, if you get, if you're going down the road and you, you just feel this impression, you need to turn left, then you should do that. Yeah. And so I was on my way to a retail store and I was going to the one that I typically go to. And I just heard, I just felt an impression. Okay. You need to go to the one in this other town. And I'm kind of like, Oh really? It's the same store. And so I went a couple of, you know, roads past where I could have turned left and I got it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to follow my intuition. And so I ended up going down to this other retail store and I'm in the men's department and I'm looking for a pair of trousers. And there was a woman and her daughter and they were looking for a sport coat for her husband, her father, you know, the daughter's daughter's father. And I was listening to them talk while I was kind of searching around in the same area. And the, the young lady, the daughter actually mentioned she was, she actually had a job interview. And so I got very curious because I did a lot, I've done a lot of contract work. So I had a lot of done a lot of interviewing and I, so I just asked her, I said, can you mind if I ask if, you know, what, what's your interview? You know, what are you looking for? And she said, well, it's not really what I want to do, but it's, it sounds like I'd be okay for a while. And she had recently graduated college. And so I was able to actually talk to her and I gave her some information based on my experience about how to interview. And if I, you know, I I have no doubt that she probably did really well because she was very, very articulate and, you know, she kept good eye contact and all the wonderful traits you need. But I just look at that as if I had not followed my intuition, I would not have had that encounter with that young woman. And it's the same thing. You could be doing something like that and you go to a totally different place and you find out that if you would have kept along the same path, there was like a 10 car pile up on the interstate if you didn't take that exit that you took because you followed your intuition. I've heard stories about that happening all the time. Like, yeah, but your car breaks down and you first you think it's a bad thing. And then that, you know, you avoided some type of a catastrophic thing because your car broke down. And so that the lesson in all of that is no matter what happens along your way, you need to take a look at it from the perspective of, well, this happened. What was good about it? Yes, uh, that's so true. I absolutely agree. It's so important to see things from a good side as well, because we usually see the, the bad side first. It's kind of that unconscious mind that is working, I guess. Mm-hmm. That is something that is always coming first. And uh, we are all like, oh, that was bad. That was wrong. And, you know, and exactly. And intuition is very interesting because I'm actually trying to work on that and really listen a little bit more. And it's funny because I saw that last few years that was my intuition was actually telling me that I shouldn't do what I was doing. And I was still like trying to really fight it. I went through everything and it's like, no, 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 I can, I can do it. Even I knew it's not going to work that way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's funny that the, uh, the, the day I made decision, I said, is enough. I'm not doing that this way. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything changed. 
actually to really amazing life. And, and actually I started to feel happy and it mm -hmm. felt like I found myself. That means sometimes just to really listen to yourself or listen or connect, you know, to, to your intuition. It's just something amazing that can happen inside. Yeah. It's, no, I'm, I'm really happy that you mentioned that because I think it's very important, especially, uh, especially life <laughs> in life, but in business as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, be the best description that I've heard of what intuition is, is you, you pray to God or universe or spirit or whatever you relate to. And your intuition is the communication back to you. So you're actually receiving the answers to your requests <laughs> by following your intuition. So that's, that's one of those things that's pretty powerful. I will definitely try that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you just illustrated a very good point about the power of decision. Yeah. And a decision is extremely powerful. And that's when you set your intention that I am going to do this no matter what. I don't care what gets in my way. I will get there and I will do, you know, I have decided that I am going to do this, whatever that may be. In your case, you made a decision. You said, darn it, it's time for me to leave this and go here. And then you just walked right on your happy path. And that's why you, because that was where you were supposed to go. Yeah, I think that's great. Actually, <laughs> I would say it's a kind of example because that sometimes happens with friends, you know, when you're, when you're going somewhere and there was already plans set up. There was decision made, you're going there and something happened on the way and everybody's like, oh, we should try that. We should try that. And, and all that journey became, or that day became, always become a mess. <laughs> it's just, and I don't know why, but it's always happening because there's like too many things, too many ideas. And it was like, that first decision was we're doing that <laughs> and yeah that, and it's always it's like all days wrecked <laughs> it's not good oh and in the digital marketing world they actually have a term for that it's called the shiny object syndrome ah yes i know that one yeah it's kind of like <laughs> i had a few you're, clients <laughs> you're walking down the, you're walking down the road and you're going this way and all of a sudden you go oh, squirrel and you, you turn around and go over here oh, yeah. same type of thing <laughs> That's so, in, yeah, that's in business as well. It's because I, I know probably right. you met a lot of people like that. They're coming mm -hmm. to you with ideas and it's like, I want to do this. And they tell, tell you this amazing idea about, I don't know, coaching. A uh, month later, you meet someone for, for coffee again. And it's like, ah, oh, you know what? I just saw this amazing idea. I just want to go to gambling. And, and after another month, it's just, I want to open the coffee shop. And it's just every month, something different. And I, I call it the same because that's exactly like people just like really attracted or they're, I don't know, they just kind of like, yeah, that's beautiful. That sounds good. I want to do it. And it's, it's never, it's taking you away from your journey. And I think that's really sad when I see some clients, they're just, they're really on the great way. They're doing things. And, and finally I can see they can achieve some goals. And they started to think about different ideas. I said, make a box, put your great ideas there mm -hmm. or make a list. And just put it away when you when you finish this first one and it will work after that came back to your book you can come back to your box and mm -hmm. open your idea book and just do another one <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a yeah. good one so i have a little encouragement for you based on what you said at the beginning of our conversation you had said that your business was dead because you do I, i'm assuming you do live events and things of that nature Yes, uh, that was a little bit different. Basically what happened, uh, we had 
basically fun events, outdoor events for, for oh. families. Uh, it, it was event company. Uh, of course, I, I just kind of didn't push through because of the um, quarantine and all mm-hmm. that, you know, restrictions mm-hmm. that, that every, every event canceled. That was for everyone. And I was not, you know, different person. Everybody, mm-hmm. all event companies uh, kind of finished for this year. But I still tried, basically, I'm trying to do another event for November, December with the city mm-hmm. here because they still want to do as a first something. And I said, I want to be part sure. of that. Sure. That means I guess it, it just, it was just on a one spot on a zero because we didn't have profit. And I guess that happened to a lot of people, yeah. but all my life events uh, regarding uh, personal development or mentoring, mm-hmm. that's why I said that that actually, actually is growing. And that's when oh, yeah. you need Absolutely. to be flexible, you know? And that's, that's why I said, I was not worried about that. I, I lost that income. But I wasn't really worried about that that much because when I will just stuck there and be staying and waiting, I, I, I guess nothing will happen and nothing will change for me. But I actually did a, a lot of different things, and I'm really happy because I started. I had time to start my podcast that I actually tried. <laughs> to oh, there you go. I started like I was thinking about that one year or two years, and mm-hmm. I said, "This is the time." I'm actually yeah, at home perfect. and in my office, stuck here. I can just buy microphone and all these things. And yeah, have fun with people, especially you can meet a lot of people. And I think that's important. Yeah, like you and I have met <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, um, it's amazing. But no, I, I've, heard, I've heard stories. There was a woman who had a business do, doing birthday parties for children. Totally live. Yeah. And she actually, yeah. She, yeah, she actually was using Zoom. And she got extended families to be a part of this birthday yeah. party. And she actually is earning more money now than she did when she was doing them live because yeah. she's basically unlimited as far as her, yeah. where she can do, do this instead of and, being and limited to her local geographical area. Exactly. And she's not, and, and that's the thing, she's probably only one or only a few people doing that. And that's what I said is amazing when people start to think really out of the box and, and find a way to do things even in harder time. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. That's your real resilience and and it's just it's just all about the ideas and thinking out of box i guess that is very important for for the business but yeah my last question is about uh, i would say present and future like what is mm-hmm. your plan what is your next big plan uh well my next big plan uh, is to actually make a shift away from digital marketing and moving totally into the personal development space that's one of the, the reasons why I called my friend. I didn't know it at the time yeah. because I hadn't talked to him in a number of years. And when I was talking to him, is this is one of these intuition things. Um, the gratitude exercise I do in the morning, part of it is you ask universe, God, spirit, whichever you relate to, you ask for guidance for the day. And then you just be quiet and then you let your mind receive whatever it is going to be. And then you write down whatever it is. And this gentleman's name happens to be Gary. And I got a very profound call, Gary. And so I went about my morning and I, I talked to one of my sons. I try to connect with one of my children, at least weekly. They're all adults now, which is kind of fun. They're not, uh, yeah, it's kind of neat. But anyway, I called him up and he had just got talking about timing and your intuition. He had just got back from going and running errands with his wife and he had just sat down by his pool 
and he was listening to the birds and enjoying the nature of his property. And I called him up and he answered on the second ring. And I didn't pre, you know, I didn't set a time or anything. And we had a very, very good conversation. And I found out from what he was telling me, he had shifted. He had used to write novels and now he is writing, he's working on his third personal development book. But the long story short is he is actually coaching people and he's mentoring and he's doing, he does, he's a speaker. And essentially that is, you know, my values, um, that is what I want to function in or my values. And that is coordinating teams and helping people through coaching and mentoring. And also I'm one of these, I don't know if I'm an odd person or whatever, but speaking on stage energizes me and it's not from a place of fear. Yeah, there's a little, you know, there's butterflies and that kind of thing, but I've been in seminars and typically people will, you know, if they get a chance to relate something that happened to them in the seminar, they'll talk to the speaker, you know, who's on stage. And what I have a habit of doing is when I get the microphone, I acknowledge the speaker and then I do a 180 and I look at the audience. And the last one I was at where I was doing this was 500 people. And I just, you know, they, they were asking for takeaways from the previous session in the seminar. And so I just, here's me visualizing myself on the stage and talking to this room of 500 people and just relating to them my story because every good speaker is a really good storyteller. Yes. And so I am learning the art. You had mentioned signature talk. I just went to a seminar and you talk about the power of digital. This was all done over Zoom, 2,500 people. Yeah. And the way it was done was so well done that you actually felt like you were in the room at a live seminar. And in some ways it was much better because it was one of these, okay, we're going to teach you this. Now you do this exercise and then you go into this smaller Zoom room, a breakout room, and you work with four to six people and you work together for a period of time and you're evaluating, you know, you, and so I learned a lot more that way. And that's, I can see that happening, you know, a lot more. And one of the things that Proctor Gallagher Institute has done is Bob Proctor is going to be 86 years old in July. One of my goals is to actually shake his hand and meet him in person before he, before he goes on to his next phase of life. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, this is what, I aspire to do. And I've, I have actually done some live seminars to a room full of chairs, but the way I, you know, I looked at people, people in the chairs and I, and the way I look at this, I'm gaining experience. And the point behind that is, I mean, Bob Proctor has spoken to thousands of people and Tony Robbins is another good example. His very first seminar, I think he had seven people in the room. Yeah. And he does seminars with 10,000 people. I mean, it's just amazing. So it's, it's all the point that that I'm roundabout getting to and the, and the whole focus of what I'm trying to tell people is no matter what you set your mind to do, you have to start it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you very much for that because that's probably the best end of the conversation we can have. Because I agree, it's so, and I like your butterflies as well, because it's, it's always great when you have feeling from the room, even if it's seven people, even if it's five people, sometimes only one person, sometimes 10. And just the feeling that like you are leaving the meeting with a with feeling that you help someone and actually you added value. 
I think oh, that absolutely. feeling is amazing. And that's, that's only what, what I always said, that's worth it. That's why we should all speak when we have something to say, like we should speak and we should help people because it's very important. Yeah, nobody in the world has the same exact experiences yes. and the same exact story as you do. So tell your story because somebody or somebody's will learn something from your experience. And it's, exactly. it's a proven fact. Proven yeah. Fact. Yeah. I believe somebody will learn something from our conversation as well, because that's so. why we are doing that. And yes. uh, I will be happy. I will be asking you a few things at the end um, uh, via email, just to be sure we can share your seminars, something about you and people can connect okay. you if they, they want to. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Oh, Alex, thank you for inviting me. It's been great talking to you all the way over there in Australia. <laughs> and I and didn't even get on a plane. <laughs> yeah, how amazing. And we can laugh yeah. and we can talk. No, it's amazing. I'm really happy that I was able to share your story. I definitely would like to have you again. And I think we can talk more about personal development and maybe some rituals and bring your seminar, maybe uh, part of your seminar into podcast. That will be great. And uh, yeah, Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much to being Thank here. You, I really love the conversation. And uh, yeah, I will stay in touch with you, definitely. Yeah, do me the courtesy. How do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> Holtzbarova. Oh, it's just like it looks. Yeah, good. <laughs> I, can you try, please? Holtzbarova. Oh, great. Uh, you just had experience. That's great. <laughs> I've been to Europe. I've been to, yeah, yeah. No, I do no, want to work. come to Australia. That is definitely top of my bucket list. Man. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much for that. Thanks. And it was my pleasure to talk to you. All right. Thank you very much for the invitation. And you have a wonderful rest of your Monday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. -bye.